Welcome to Five O'Clock, I'm Farrell Timpson, and I'm here in the small hamlet of Dameron Valley, Utah, with John Delaney, co-owner and winemaker at Bolden Delaney Winery. Welcome to Five O'Clock. Wow, thank you for having me. This is great. <laughs> There's a thank reason you. we call it Five O'Clock. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, there you go. Yes, I get it. I get so, it. So, um, you were sommelier at Paint the Painted Pony, which is one of our finer restaurants in Absolutely. this area. Yes, absolutely. Um, you build up the wine list there, which I have to say is the best in the area. I Thank mean, you. you guys won awards. With Nikki Pace Randall, who was uh, Randall, uh, she was the owner, um, and we worked a lot to get a great wine list together. Yeah, and but I read that you won awards from Wine Spectator. Absolutely. Which is awesome. Yes. Uh, yes. Then you went and became a, so, got your sommelier. Is that license? Certification. Certification. Yeah, okay. yeah, no, yeah. They have four tiers, and I, I got to the second one, which is certifying as a as a sommelier, and it was very fulfilling. But now you're making wine. So <laughs> we just barely walked through yeah. the winery, yeah. and you showed me this big old tub of you know grapes are just fermenting, mm-hmm. and just barely before the 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 pressing press. Yes, yes, and then and then off to barrel to start aging in barrel uh, for about a year. Um. Just about finished with this harvest and as far as fermentation and pressing and getting into barrel and starting to settle down. So so it's easy to be into wine, <laughs> but you've made a career in wine, which is different. So was there a moment when you're thinking, okay, wine is, is my path? I think wine has always been the passion. I thought it was I thought it was going to be restaurants. I thought it was always going to be, you know, because food has always been, I can't cook, but I love the the intricacies of, of great wine lists and very creative minds in that, that that aspect of the restaurant business, but always loved wine, serving wine, learning about wine, traveling to different regions, meeting winemakers and producers, and it's it's just an amazing, uh, amazing field. Sommelier is a real commitment. I, I, I've seen the Netflix. <laughs> yeah, on. yeah. No, that's the so real deal. Let's. That's what I want to clarify. <laughs> level four lifestyle. That was the level four. That was okay. level. That's master sommelier uh-huh. certification. You have to demonstrate an understanding of a lot of different regions in wine, but uh, making wine is turning the page or switching the stack of books to a different stack. You know, and, and learning regions and wine producers and that's that's being a sommelier and being able to interpret that information and, and give it to the customer being a winemaker growing plants and, and botany and, and, and you're and, now a farmer i'm a farmer too you know I'm, yeah. I'm 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 yeah i'm definitely a farmer um i i pull a lot of weeds for sure so what varietals are standing out for you this year what what do you wow. like it's funny a, a little slowdown in production of some of our biggest producers, I would say Sauvignon Blanc and Verdejo. But everything else is twice or three times the production we've ever had. Malvasia Bianca was probably one of the biggest standouts of production and quality of grapes uh, that I've ever seen in a year. I mean, just perfect fruit set to uh, ripeness to the numbers that we look for in harvesting and flavor profiles. Tempranillo followed suit. Uh, great ripeness and consistency and fruit. Very little issues with quality of fruit coming in. Yeah, so, I mean, you do quite a few varietals here. But mm-hmm. that Malmasia Blanc, uh, first time I was here, was the first time I had it. 
you know, now I've been looking for it other places. Yeah, nice. Um, but what led you to that wine? Uh, how do you make your choices? I think it was it was Mark and Mary Bold and the consultation they got to plant these grapes. And the people that came in to help them plant grapes had success in other regions that are similar to ours. If you think about Jerome, Arizona, and and some of the work that they Jerome, do. Jerome, that's yeah. that small town up uh, outside of Flagstaff. Up in the hills. Yeah, yeah. It's a hillside town. And... Uh, it's uh, Maynard Keenan's place, uh, the lead singer of Tool, and he uh, grows a lot of Malvasia and has success in even blending it. So the gentleman that came down to consult with Mark and Mary Bold uh, brought that grape over with him from Jerome, Arizona, because very similar growing regions, so they uh, realized it could be successful here, and it has really come into its own. You got to watch it. You got to keep the birds off it. You got to, you know, and, and uh, make sure it's ripening and it's it's pruned and leaf thinned and opened up, but not too much. So it's still shaded, but it has some airflow. And that gets into Dameron Valley dryness, which is our biggest yeah, benefit. Yeah, so let's get into that. All right. Um, what what's, is unique about this area? So many By things. By the way, there's, there's like five or six wineries out here now. Mm-hmm. Um, you mm-hmm. guys have your own wine trail uh-huh. is that like the america's newest wine trail <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i can't say officially but i can't imagine it not being it's a pretty broad use term uh, uh pretty broad use of the term wine trail because everybody's so far apart true it's not like walking down the street in paso you know and trying um, <laughs> three or four different wineries it's not being in tent city uh, yeah oh gosh yeah exactly <laughs> yes um, but on the other hand each winery might take you out to a different national park or oh right park. right Yes, uh, beautiful scenic places between all of the wineries and scenic highways, and it's a great drive. It's it's just really nice to get up here, and you know, being in vineyards now and some of these newer places having vineyards that surround their wineries are really it's it's kind of special. Um, yeah, I th- I think so. Is um, yeah. be able to you know go hike in a national park for a couple of days and then come out and sit and taste some well, really fine wine. It's an area where each day could be that itinerary of the morning hike for a few hours, the afternoon tasting, and then let's do that three or four days in a row, you know, and because we're talking Cedar City and up into Cedar Mountain. We're talking Water Canyon with Water Canyon hikes back there. Uh, The Zion Winery, Zion uh, National Park, and us with our trailheads and all of these different, like Red Mountain Trailhead, five minutes away, Snow beautiful Canyon. Snow Canyon. And I, you know, I come uh, and get your wines and go into Snow Canyon. That's it. Yeah, or, or come up and get a Veo pie, whichever one you want to use. It's oh, part I, of the itinerary. I there. Heard of that. Oh, Veo. Yeah, they're a great pie producer, and it's fun how many people have that on their itinerary to come up to the valley. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, we've been hiking uh, the red dirt of southern Utah for yeah. um, years. Now it's uh, it's nice to be able to taste it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, a little volcanic influence you see everywhere. You know? uh, yeah, you guys are up on the other side of Pine Valley. There's mm-hmm. these volcanic cinder knolls around here. So, okay, so talk to us about this region for wine growing. We're the same uh, parallel as uh, Sicily, but, you know, and the same soil type. A lot of different influences than Sicily were no moisture so we're dry but you think about soil type and the success of growing grapes in this type of soil when you consider the 
uh, basalt rock and the type of influence it has on the soil and how it adds to the nutrients, the minerals that are important to grapevines growing, iron, potassium, those sort of things. Uh, super important for grapes to be successful. And then a great combination of the, the clay, loam, and sand that make up the whole sand draining and clay retaining water and that medium that you get to that makes the soil successful. Uh, okay, and then you well. were telling me about um, dernal, <laughs> dernal, uh, shift. dernal shift. Dernal shift, which is uh, a great thing in elevation, and that's why Mark and Mary came up here. They've got grapevines in St. George that they planted years ago and that Mary's father actually planted many years ago and Mark helped him take care of. And then he realized that if he's going to continue to do this, that it would be more successful if he got elevation. That made it possible. So warm, sunny days and cooler nights. Warm, sunny days for ripeness, cooler nights to retain acidity. That's how we get a balance in wine, is to maintain those two things. Not overly ripe, not too much sugar, not the term they use is flabby. Not overly acidic and almost too acidic to enjoy. You know, so there's a balance in fruit, acidity, and uh, ripeness, for sure. Okay, yeah, um, I'm liking that. And I'm thinking of the wine we just tasted. <laughs> this was your Petit Syrah. Um, yeah, it, it had some really nice acid, which is, I, I like that. And in Petit Syrah, anytime you can retain acidity when you're looking for that type of alcohol, it's because... Sugar leads to alcohol. So anytime you're hoping for that amount of sugar, retaining acidity is super fulfilling, super exciting. Yeah. Um, so Okay, and, cool. Yeah, now that you mentioned Sicily, um, I do love Sicilian wine. The Nero Diavolo from uh, uh, we, Sicily, it's, it does kind of, it is a bit similar to that we Petit just, we just had. We planted some. It's about two years out from our first uh, commercial. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's up here now. So, um, yeah, definitely influence from that part of the region or uh, world. Let's face it, after a night of drinking, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to. I have to make the choice. Either I have a great night or a great next day. That is, until I came across Z-Biotics. Z-Biotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. And here's how it works. When you drink... Alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. So just remember to make Zbiotics your first drink of the night, drink responsibly, and you'll feel your best tomorrow. I have to say, I've been doing Zbiotics for about a year now. Whenever I have it before I start drinking, I do notice a difference the next day. Uh, additionally, Zbiotics has provided a special discount code for the five o'clock audience. It's Theral, T H E R A L. Use this code when checking out and receive 15% off your first order. Thanksgiving is right around the corner, so make sure you stock up on Zbiotics Probiotic before the feast. You'll be thankful you did the next day. So from restaurant psalm to winemaker, you, you mentioned this. <laughs> if you'd have told me this 10 years ago, we'd have laughed just like this, that I'd be a, 
uh, winemaker and, and growing, helping grow grapes in, in uh, southern Utah, I would, have, I would have laughed. It would have been funny. But it's incredibly fulfilling. The, the dreams you uh, never had come true. Yeah, so you used to be well-dressed and yeah. clean guy, and now you come home at night. <laughs> yeah. I shave once a week. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, how is Bolden Delaney making its name? Are you guys, have you, are you coming into your own a certain, a certain style? I, I, I think it's very, a certain style, I don't, I don't know. The things we focus on are, are making good wines. Well, let's, let's put it in order. Growing good grapes is the most important thing. And that's the the first step in making good wine, I think, is growing good grapes. And that's what Mark focuses on a great deal. And uh, uh, growing grapes, but customer service is making everybody feel good. And telling the story is so super important for us. And I think for everybody in Southern Utah. Tell the I think story of your winery. Of our winery and doing oh, our place. Yeah, yeah, doing yeah. I mean, we're probably being a little f- more formal than, uh, I don't but know. <laughs> maybe just a little, but this is the experience. This, I mean, yeah. this is what we do. We just talk about growing grapes and making wine and trying the wines. And basically we're just, it's so funny. It's like, you know, there's that idea out there that, we're going to taste wine in southern Utah. Like, how is that going to go, you know? Exactly. But our idea is that, exceed that's still expectations. still the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to be like that for a little and while. Good but, wine. Good wine. You right. Know, I brought some uh, siblings and friends over here who are wine drinkers, you know. Nice. And um, who live around here. And they're like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> People travel on the highway. We're a block off the highway. And they travel the highway every day. And they come in. And I'm like, we didn't know this vineyard was here. Yeah. So um, speaking of, you know, style, blends. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of European wine. Uh, the French, they blend most of the wine. Mm-hmm. But here in America, California, it's all about the single varietal. That's that just what California does. Okay. I mean, of course, there's the odd blend. Sure. Right? Yes. Gotcha. So, as a winemaker, I mean, this is a new region. You could do blending, um, but you do single varietal. Is that an influence of California? Yes, it is an influence of California, but it's also an influence of learning from the get-go about the varietals that you're, you're dealing with. I came into this vineyard, you know, four years after it was planted. The first year it was going to be commercially viable for wine. Uh-huh. And not knowing Malvasia before, why would I blend it, you know? Or or when you get a wine I, that's so, like, expressive, like, oh, wait, this is really good. I'm not, I'm not going to think I should mess with it. So learning, you know, learning about, hey, if this wine can express itself and be that good, I'm not going to mess with it. No, I'm just going to try and make it right and let it express itself and not hide it. You know, not it's not. Americans love with the individual. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Letting it be right. itself, seeing, oh, right. yeah, yeah, maybe right. what it is. Um, but yeah. yeah, that is the big argument for doing varietals versus blend. I guess mm-hmm. let's see what this can do all by itself. Right, right, and, and expressing the terroir. When you're blending, you're also limiting your experience in in some ways. I love a great Southern Rhone. GSM Chateau Neuf de Pop. Don't get me wrong, love that. You know, Cote Rome, Grenache whatever. is great, but Grenache but it's just a little bit more simple. Than it's a li- yeah, absolutely. But there's something to be said for that simple 
Well, okay, true. No, I've never had a bad Grenache. Okay. <laughs> but how about your experience when you go into the tasting room? And that's why there's so many varietals in this vineyard was the idea was let's make that tasting room experience the most diverse experience we can, as much as we can. So you can come in this week and try five wines. Or you can come in next week and then try five different wines. And you can keep that ball rolling, you know, for many, many weeks if you'd like. But mostly every month or so or, you know, when, when, when people come in. I see. Uh-huh. That's, that's the idea. And American audiences are, are, um, are used to the varietal thing and tasting through the whole yes. picture. Yes, but there's also that there's that thing about we like, hey, France, try this though. Oh yeah, if we were in Code Rome, we might taste uh, a vertical, right? Mm-hmm. We might taste the different years. Maybe they don't have all the varietals, but that's, sure, that's the way they might. Sure, Bold and Delaney is about a differing experience every time, and about things because we're not on. You know, I mean, we've got Sauvignon Blanc, and we've got a little. Grenache and Malbec and Petite Syrah, some recognizable varietals. But when you're starting to throw Malvasier, Verdejo, or Nera de Avila, it's not, we're not, we're not going to the grocery store and buying that every day. So this is part of the experience is, hey, try something different. Speaking of different, my new different wine is dry Riesling. <sighs> I just wrote an article about this. Love it. You do. I love it. I think that there, it's an amazing growing category of wine. You know, it's it's all about the wine thing, the wine business, if you say that, though, about tasting wine. It's it's the trend. Hey, maybe we should have a Malbec because I hear Malbecs are blowing up and Mendoza, you know, right. or let's try one of those or, or you know, or Pinot. You know, when Bottle Shop came out, like, oh, maybe we should be trying Pinot and let's not have Merlot anymore. And owie, wait, something happened to Merlot for a little while. Um, you know. uh, Bottle Shock and Sideways. Sideways, yeah. I think Sideways got me into Pinot, to be honest. There you Nice. Yeah, absolutely. And, <laughs> yeah. So and I, I won't, you know, look uh, at, resist look at the trends. That Rosé. Rosé <laughs> in the last... I mean, just the shelves in the liquor store, right? <laughs> exactly. They put a whole couple of shelves in the liquor <laughs> yeah, store. Yeah, they just have three or four rosés. That's it. Three or four shelves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, we're talking about trends in winemaking. Um, I, I tasted around California this summer. Nice. Um, my funnest thing to do. <laughs> yeah, love it. And um, so what I picked up, now maybe this was just me following my taste, but I felt like there were more wineries that were doing the lighter um, less alcohol, okay, more acid, uh, Italian, st- I would just call it Italian style wine. In fact, I ran into a lot of Nebbiolos in California that I'd ne- never seen before. Um, Paso, even, you know, mm-hmm. I thought Paso was all about big, heavy, jammy yes. wine. No, these were lean, light, um, direct. I think a great example of that is Chardonnay. You know, everybody loves the occasional. The big guys, the big Chardonnays, but I think uh, uh, an obvious trend is unoaked and, and stainless steel Chardonnays, where the, just the fruit just stands out and it's left alone. And it's definitely more food driven, I think. But yeah, across the board, definitely lighter, lower alcohol, not the big, jammy, overwhelming wines that some producers have. So let's end by. And this has been so fun. We're sitting out in your vineyard. Thank you. The sun is setting. (laughs) It's really kind of surreal. I mean, the fall colors are in the leaves and, 
you know, the yellows are out. We're just a few days from this all going away. When the first frost hits, the, the, the vines give in and just take all their leaves off. And so these the colors. The first frost is coming tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. So, yeah, not even two days. Sure. Okay. But, but oh, no, that's what I thought you were saying. Yeah, I am. No, I didn't that's mean a, to be more. <laughs> no, no, that's exactly what's Specific. Happened. No. <laughs> it's close. Yeah, it's very close. But to see. A lot of times we won't get this. It'll go right from harvest to a few days. And we've had a couple of weeks and the plants have had this opportunity to kind of go through their fall, sort of, you know, going to sleep and putting their nutrients in the ground. And it's, I mean, yeah, sunset, Dameron Valley in the vineyard. Not so bad. <laughs> Not a bad deal. So let's, let's, um, let's taste something that you would highly suggest. Yeah, the... I just opened a bottle of the 2022 Petit Syrah from the vineyard uh, after it's been bottled for about uh, three weeks now. And it's just show-stopping. It's really an exceptional wine from Dameron Valley, from southern Utah. Great. 2022, a state-grown Petit Syrah, Washington County, Utah, from Dameron Valley Vineyard. Uh, sunset, Dameron Valley. It's it's. It, I mean, Petit Syrahs are big wines, so you definitely get some really deep, jammy fruit. Yeah, but you feel in the air that this is starting to get the season for this. You know, you start to mm. drift away from your Grenache and your Pinot, and you start to head towards the Tempranillos and the Petit Syrahs and. Absolutely, it just so fits the bill. Um, where this, uh, basically, yeah, the season always changes when I'm drinking. Yeah, and even right from day to day. Yeah, like if it's a cl- cloudy, oh yeah, um, you know, moody day, <laughs> yeah. things get um, a little darker. Yeah, things get a, <laughs> things get a little darker. <laughs> Something that'll put some stiffness in your spine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, what's wonderful is this. Um, this has some nice acid. Yeah. Um, it's just a very very smooth. I think it, I think it epitomizes balance. I think that's what you're saying. You know, it's mm. like when the acid and the fruit and the tannins all work together, that's balance, and that's that's seamlessness. So, right. speaking of seasons, uh, and then we'll leave it there. Um, it's Thanksgiving coming up, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's a big wine day. It's an opportunity it's- to drink wine. Because it's a gathering and family and everything and it's celebration. <laughs> you need the wine. <laughs> yeah, that too. But it's a celebration and that, that's the perfect opportunity to drink wine. And I get it so much. What's the wine to drink with Thanksgiving dinner? And it's just like, it, it's so much because think about the complexity of a Thanksgiving dinner. When you're going from cranberry sauce to turkey to gravy to stuffing, I go Pinot. And I like our estate Pinot Noir because of the cranberry tones in it and that that cinnamon that sort of fall feeling that you get from a lighter style turkey red wine is what that you know bottom line it's a a red wine you can enjoy with a a white meat dish but you know there's dark meat to the turkey and then there's the skin involved and that whole thing and the richness and acidity of uh, pinot works with that as well but who's to say sauvignon blanc's not great drink what you like That's my thing. Drink what you like. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for having me over. (laughs) Thanks for having me on. Are you kidding? No, this is great. (laughs) Thanks for coming out. John Delaney is winemaker at Bolden Delaney. 
Winery. Winery.